It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. I hope you're having a great Tuesday, and we've got a lot of ground to cover. This is the extended edition of Inside Sources, and we'll be with you all the way till 3 o'clock when Jeff Kaplan has returned to the building. He's going to get you safely home this afternoon with all the news, traffic, weather, and information you're going to need to not only get home safely, but get home smartly and be home just a little bit better. So let me give you a little tee-up in terms of where we're going today. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, obviously, we're going to continue to monitor what's going on in Dayton, Ohio, and in El Paso, Texas, in the wake of the tragic shootings down there on uh, in Texas and in Ohio. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, Robin Byro, who's one of my favorite Democratic strategists, and uh, he's going to give us some perspective in terms of what the Democrats ought to be doing and what the presidential candidates in particular are going to be focused on. Uh, we'll also uh, do a, a deep dive with uh, Jesse Hyde from the Deseret News, uh, talking about the announcement today that uh, Ambassador John Huntsman is stepping down as ambassador to Russia, uh, what that means for the state. But uh, Jesse actually spent some time with Ambassador Huntsman in Russia and has some really fascinating, uh, did a deep dive story uh, a few months ago and uh, really has some extraordinary looks and takes in terms of uh, what's going on there in Russia, what his legacy might be, and uh, then what that means for Utah and the governor's race coming up in 2020. Uh, We're also going to be joined uh, by uh, some of our friends over at Common Sense Media. We'll have uh, Caroline Knorr will join us. Uh, We're going to talk about video games. They've they've been uh, front and center in the debate in the aftermath of the shooting. What role does it play? Some studies say none at all. Some say it has a significant impact. Uh, Some say it's more subtle. It's uh, some of the isolation and aggression that uh, tend to, to be the trigger mechanisms there. Uh, So we'll break that down uh, with some outside experts today. We'll talk about uh, millennials, how they're dealing with a lot of this. And then we're also going to be joined a little after 2 o'clock today. We have a new colleague here uh, at the Deseret News and our friends here at KSL News Radio. And uh, her name is Jill Adley. She was the producer for Wolf Blitzer uh, for his show on CNN. She's been there for 18 years, and we're very excited to have her in the building here at Broadcast House and uh, look forward to her contribution. She'll give, us a, she'll give you a little inside uh, the newsroom look of uh, what happens in these kind of scenarios, uh, what takes place in a, in a scenario like CNN uh, when there's a, a big news event, uh, what that looks like, how that gets shaped and so on. So really fascinating stuff to look at there. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, New Zealand, how they responded to their tragedy in the wake of the two mosques that were attacked there in New Zealand and how the country came together and ultimately responded and how the government responded, leaders responded uh, in a way that I think is significant. And uh, so that's just a few of the things we're going to hit today. also want to know, as always, what's on your mind today. 
So if you want to chime in, you can always do that on the Utah Community Credit Union text line, and that number is 57500. Again, 57500, Utah Community Credit Union text line here at KSL News Radio. We'll share those as we go along. And I remind you, only do that when it is safe because safety first. And we always have to have safety first. So, But we'd love to have you weigh in on uh, the news of the day, what's going on in your world, and anything else you're seeing as you're out and about on a beautiful Tuesday here in Salt Lake City. All right, so uh, some of the news of the day, just to kind of update a few things. Uh, we've got the uh, president is uh, announced that he is going to visit both El Paso and Dayton. And, of course, his announcing that uh, brought its own flurry of responses and reactions, uh, including the mayor of Dayton. And uh, let's start by uh, taking a quick listen to what the mayor of Dayton had to say about the president coming to her city. Got a little firing problem here. Maybe we won't listen to the mayor of Dayton just yet. Uh, stand by for that. We'll get that in just a second. Um, we also had some some interesting things in terms of these responses uh, as to whether it was appropriate for the president to go, whether that was just a political move, uh, if we're connecting the dots. Um, so let's go back now. Let's listen to the mayor of Dayton respond to the president coming to Dayton. I said, Mr. President, I'm from southern Ohio. People have rifles. They have handguns. Like, we, we're, we're not uh, people that, like, we're not... Uh, East Coast or West Coast folks that say no guns at all. I said, but like, I don't understand why anybody, why any citizen would need that gun. And um, he, he didn't disagree with me. Maybe he was just, you know, placating me a bit. I don't know. But I appreciated that he listened to me around that. And, you know, we'll continue to push because I don't want other cities to go through this. Did he say when he was coming? Uh, he didn't tell me. He said sometime this week. I mean, I've heard that he's coming Wednesday, but I've not gotten a call. And, you know, he might be going to Toledo. I don't know. Okay, so a little poke there from the mayor of Dayton. There was a one statement today uh, when the president misspoke, and rather than saying Dayton, he said Toledo. Uh, so the mayor felt like uh, she was due of giving the president a little jab there. Uh, they obviously disagree on a lot of the policy components. And, and to me, this is just one of those things. I don't care what political party you are affiliated with. I don't care if you love the president or hate the president. Uh, this is one of those moments where you just have to set all of those pieces aside and say, okay, let's let's mourn, let's celebrate, let's give proper honor uh, to those that have fallen uh, and to their families. And uh, I think you have to, to really set that aside. Um, on the political side, uh, you have uh, Beto O'Rourke, who, of course, is from El Paso and has represented El Paso when he was a member of the United States Congress. And he also was uh, not real thrilled with the president coming to his town. Here's what he had to say. I was just talking to somebody, listening to a woman who came up and said hello to me. And she said, why is he coming here when he hates us? Um, she's reflecting the fact that he described Mexican immigrants. This is a town of Mexican immigrants as rapists and criminals. Repeatedly has warned of an invasion, trying to make us afraid of those who do not look like the majority of this country. He's described human beings as an infestation, which you or I might describe cockroaches or termites, but but not human beings. All right, so uh, Beto O'Rourke, presidential candidate, was uh, going after the president, saying, no, he shouldn't come here because of the rhetoric that he has deployed in, in different situations. Uh, and so as you look at all of that, uh, again, the, the politics is, is all over the map. 
And to me, the the important thing, and we're going to go back for a second to the, the challenge that I laid out yesterday, which is a 21-day a challenge that the president should tap Vice President Pence, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Senate Majority Leader McConnell, and Senate Minority Leader Schumer, and get those five people in a room say, you have 21 days. You are the leaders of Congress, and the vice president oversees the Senate. And if those five people can't get together and come up with some common sense solutions from the policy side. Now, this is not addressing uh, some of the real problems of values in this country and, and virtue in this country and broken homes and fatherlessness and a host of other things that government cannot and should not and will not ever be able to influence and control. But there are policy things that can be done, and our political leaders need to lead. And if that group of five cannot get it together in 21 days, they should stand in front of the American people and explain why and why they can't lead and get something done. Because too often we send off a blue ribbon panel or a gang of eight, and uh, they come back six months or a year later with a thousand-page bill nobody reads and it never gets a vote. And we end up with the same problem and the same discussion over and over again. So that's the call, uh, is that we have to do something just a little bit different. I'm going to tell you why that's a win for Republicans, why that's a win for Democrats, and why that is a win for the president uh, a little later on in the program today. Uh, but stay with us. When we come back, uh, we're going to be joined by political strategist on the left, Robin Byro to get a look at what he thinks the Democrats ought to be doing as it relates to this uh, tragedy. This is Boyd Matheson. I am the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.